I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Barrett Sully is one of the best college football reporters, writers, talkers, speakers, television personalities, podcasters in the country. And it turns out, I just found this out, sources tell me he's a big Braves fan. Mr. Sully, what's up, buddy? Uh, man, that is quite the intro, Bill. I mean, do I need to, like, send you some money via Venmo or, or, or something like that? I'm more of a Zell guy, but yes. <laughs> no, it's all, <laughs> there you it's go. It's all true. It's all true, dude. Uh, all right, before we get into some college football, congrats on your Braves. What an incredible second half of the season. Uh, we just had this conversation. I'll ask you as a fan, how do you, and a sports expert, how do you feel about the new format and what's a pretty – long layoff for you guys as well as the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Astros? Well, for the Braves, I think it's great because Spencer Strider and, and Ozzy Albies might be back, although it sounds like Ozzy might be um, a little further behind than Strider. But, you know, I think the initial thought of it was that it was going to be a, a real big boom to, you know, uh, down the stretch play and, and some of the the battles for those wild card spots, and it didn't really materialize, you know, this year. I think really, you know, the, the Braves-Mets NL East race was really the only one of intrigue over the course of the weekend. So, uh, you know, it didn't work out this year, but I think uh, moving forward, you know, it, I, I like it. I like it. As, as long as the Braves stay out of that wild card round, I'm, I'm 100% on board. All right, Barrett, last baseball question for you, and I know you got to get there, but but if you were to look forward to a best-of-seven series would you fear more the Dodgers or the Mets? The Dodgers. I mean, and look, because we own the Mets. You know, like, they, the Braves won the season series. They swept them over the weekend. They actually have DeGrom and Scherzer's number pretty well. Majority of, of teams are, are worse off against those two. So I would much rather have the Mets. Uh, but it would be more fun, honestly, because we already took care of the Mets. To, to take the Dodgers down again. Because last, <laughs> last two years, we've seen them in the playoffs, obviously got the job done last year. They got uh, the job done in that Mickey Mouse year, which really doesn't count as a World Series title for them. Um, but, you know, it'd be nice to beat them again, too. Barrett Salee here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder on CBS Sports Radio. Barrett, uh, how, how, do we, how should we view Jimbo Fisher's how dare Nick Saban rant from earlier in the year now that we're at a point where they're going to play each other, and A&M not exactly having the season I would imagine they anticipated. No, it's not. And I think really the, the, the rift between those two, I think it was more out of emotion than anything else. And 
when all is said and done, you know, they are relatively friendly with each other. So I don't necessarily think it's going to play into some Saturday night's matchup really all that much because, you know, I think Alabama, you know, they're going to, they're going to run up the score no matter what. <laughs> Texas A&M. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, it's going to play into it. You know, I think Nick, knowing that there's a bigger picture, is not going to go out there and leave his ones out for a couple extra drives just to, to make it hurt for Jimbo. You know, it, it's going to hurt for Jimbo regardless. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be a big storyline, um, you know, at least in terms of how, how Alabama approaches the game. Now, if A&M, for some unknown reason, uh, contends with Alabama again and is at least a threat, then, okay, maybe – Maybe Jimbo does get creative. I just don't see that happening. Well, what is let's let's say that things go as they should. Alabama wins. Let's say that they win running away. Barrett Sully, what is Jimbo's standing with that program? Just fine because of the the years and the money. It frustratingly fine, right? They they would much rather have him than pay whatever his buyout is, and he's owed the remainder of his contract whenever he's fired. Which I get. I don't. I went to Auburn, so I can't do math. But uh, forty-five million ish right now. So you know they, they're stuck with them. They'd rather be stuck with them than pay that. But if this continues, which I think it will, because I don't think Jimbo's a very good coach, then a couple of years from now it might be easier to swallow that money, especially considering. The, the new TV deal would kick in, and, and a lot of these teams are going to be making, you know, $90 million a year from television. So it'll be easier to pay, you know, an exorbitant uh, paycheck like that or a buyout like that. So it's, it's frustration, um, you know, and I think it's disappointment because he has not brought the program to where it needs to be because his record is, is Kevin Sumlin. He is Kevin Sumlin, and they fired Kevin Sumlin. They know Depending on the week, it's either one game better or one game worse than where Kevin Sumlin was at that point in his A&M career. So there's a lot of frustration, disappointment, but they know they can't do anything about it. Bear, there aren't a lot of sure things if if you're a proud program or a once-proud program and you're trying to get back to the top of the mountain. And you can point to Nebraska, you can point to Colorado, you can point to schools in Florida and Texas like A&M. It's early, early days, as they say, but it, it sure looks like Lincoln Riley might be one of those those sure things. Is USC a national title contender this season? National title, no, because you know the gap between USC and, and Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State is still pretty big. But I just named only three teams. So a college football playoff contender, yes, because when you're talking about teams four through I don't know sixteen. All of them have flaws, right? You're looking at them and say, okay, well, we don't know, you know, what what Ole Miss's defense is going to look like. We don't know if Tennessee can play defense. We, you know, there, there's always something. So for USC, a dynamic offense and an opportunistic defense is a pretty strong resume. It's a pretty strong blueprint to at least getting to the college football playoff. That's what Oklahoma did under Lincoln Riley. Great offense, adequate enough defense, and in certain years, outright horrible defense, but the offense is so good that it doesn't matter. Uh, USC is, I wouldn't say following the same game plan or, or, or blueprint because their defense is actually pretty good, but they're definitely opportunistic. So winning a, a championship this year, no. 
But making the playoffs is an entirely different conversation. Look, I know, Barrett, I know that, that people, myself included, can overreact to short sample sizes, right? We are very reactionary just as a as a species. But I'm from the Midwest, and so I remember what Nebraska was, and I, I see what it is now. I remember what Texas was as a Missouri guy when Missouri was, was in the uh, Big 12. I see what it is now. What is your level of a medium or long-term concern, or not, for Oklahoma in their current state under their current leadership? I thought when Brent got that job that the defense would almost immediately play more consistent. And it's consistent, but it's consistently awful right now. And I, so my, my long-term opinion before the season was that he's going to find a happy medium between good enough defense and dynamic offense. Because I love Jeff Levy. Their offensive coordinator I absolutely love. Wasn't and still aren't, still not the biggest Dylan Gabriel guy, and now he's banged up. So this year might be a wash. I, I think that if they can get a more dynamic quarterback in, and I think just better players in the front seven, then they can be okay. But is it a sure thing? No. I thought it was a sure thing in August uh, because he did make the right hires. But I think he needs to hit the transfer portal as hard as he can, and at the same time, follow the Texas A&M blueprint and, and recruit defensive linemen, just all of them, recruit every single one of them. Um, because if he does that, then we know he can produce results defensively with, you know, a, a two deep of defensive linemen rolling eight, nine guys in there. We know he's been successful at, with that at Clemson. So um, long-term still, still pretty confident, but not nearly as confident as, as I was in August. All right, so we live in a world where, where Kansas is 5-0, and where Iowa, despite – and I'm from Iowa, so I'm going to use them as an example – losing every year a game they shouldn't. Kirk Ferentz is, is a reliable – right? that program is pretty good, and, and I'm from the state, but fine folks of Iowa, not easy to recruit to, to Iowa City necessarily. In that universe where there's some examples of success in the Midwest and programs that, that aren't world beaters, is there a way back for Nebraska, maybe not to what they were, but to some kind of consistent relevance and success? In the Big Ten West, yes. Nationally, no. Uh, because really there's no national relevancy in the Big Ten West other than up until this year, Wisconsin sort of on the periphery. So in the Big Ten West, yes. Uh, long-term national uh, relevancy, no. And I think that's the problem is because a lot of the power brokers and a lot of the decision makers and powerful people around that program think that it's still 1997, and it's not. And they expect double-digit win seasons all the time. That's not going to happen at Nebraska. They are in a massive, massive disadvantage when it comes to recruiting. There are no high schools that produce top-tier talent, especially along the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball within four or 500 miles of them. And so I think in this day and age, if they were to or are to going to be, uh, be successful in the Big Ten West, then they need to become transfer portal kings. They need to become what Lincoln Riley is and what, what Lane Kiffin did at Ole Miss. They need to find the guys that are good enough to play but maybe are just in a situation where it's not going to work uh, and, and give them opportunities. Because, you know, you look around, and I'm not comparing Marshall to Nebraska, but – 
Kevon Laybourne, the running back for Marshall who went for a buck sixty or whatever against Notre Dame, he's a five star player. He was buried on the depth chart in, at Florida State. He transfers to Marshall, he's a star. Right? Those guys exist. And I think Nebraska can take advantage of the transfer portal that way because there are a lot of really good players that just aren't in good situations that still can, can perform at a relatively elite level. So uh, if they can find a coach that are, that's willing to do that, then then they can be relevant in the Big Ten West. But nationally, it's just not going to happen. Barrett, let me close with a question that I never thought I would ask you ever, and that is about Kansas football. They're 5-0. and College game day is actually in Lawrence this weekend for that game against TCU. And I'm a Missouri fan, so I I ask this from a place that's not that doesn't come from a kind place. But should, should we care? I, I mean, should I care? Should America care? Does this game matter? Yeah, it matters. Just, I mean, for Kansas to potentially be bowl eligible six games into a season, that's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think you should care for a couple reasons. One, they've got a dynamic offense, which is a lot of fun to watch. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, creative. And then, you know, Lance Leipold, their coach, is a, a star. You know, he's, he's a little older, but he's a really good coach. So, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think in the Big 12, I always thought that it was going to be, you know, the most interesting college uh, conference, whether it's Power 5 or Group of 5. And that was when I was considering seven teams possibly, you know, contending, and one of them was not Kansas. And now you add Kansas to the mix. So, yeah, I mean, pay attention for, for those reasons, you know. But I think more than anything else, just it's a good story. It's fun. You know, is Kansas going to win a national championship? Of course not. But, you know, this is kind of what we like about college football. We like some of those storylines that in the middle of the season matter and are fun to discuss and not the same old college football playoff contender story that we always seem to get bogged down in, especially in November. So, yeah, pay attention. It's fun. You know, it's, it's, last time I checked, sports are supposed to be entertaining. Sports are supposed to be fun. And Kansas being relevant on a national scale, even if it's fleeting, is, is pretty cool. And, and I say that with, with you know, in jest, because I actually covered that Orange Bowl game, I don't even know how many, 15 years ago, 20, I don't know, mm. when Mark Mangino, remember Mangino? I'm Mark Mangino, mm. when, he, when he got them to the Orange Bowl back in the day. And the, I, I liked I don't even know, what is he doing? Is he just, is he just retired, I guess? I have no idea. I don't either. And he, uh, Barrett, I'll tell you this one story and I'll let you go. He once walked up to me at an event years later and goes, Bill, i got to tell you, I don't read a lot of columnists, but you're my favorite in America. I read you every day. I hadn't written in two years at that point. Didn't have the heart to tell him. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Mark. Oh, everything you write is so good. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Barrett Salee, great having you on the show. I appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. See you, Bill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 